Okay, so I am going to ask all the children to come up with me this morning. And I've got some floor space up here so that you guys can sit down. But, uh, yeah, I want to share with you. Come on down, guys. Don't be shy. Come on down. And you're, I want you guys to sit on the, on the rug, on the carpet, okay? Come on down. We want you down here. Here comes some more from the dining hall. If there's anybody in the video venue that uh, wants to come on over, they're welcome to do so as well. Come on down here at the front, guys, okay? we got lots of space down here. And I am going to challenge my communication skills today and try to uh, maintain these children's attention. Uh, but uh, yeah, there is no children's church uh, this morning, and uh, and so all the children are going to be in our service. If if you do have a little preschooler that's a little rambunctious that maybe doesn't want to be down here, we do have our junior high room set up uh, audio-wise for you to hear the message this morning. But uh, no, I am so glad you guys are here, and uh, I hope that uh, you, this is going to be kind of audience participation this morning, okay? And I've got a few objects that uh, I want to show you. I'll use this one in just a minute. But I got this ball here, okay? Now suppose, suppose that you were walking through the desert and you saw this ball out in the desert. Now, my question to you, do you think that that ball got there naturally? It just kind of grew up in the desert, appeared all by itself? Or do you think somebody made this ball? Somebody made it. How many believe that it just grew there naturally, that nobody made it? Okay, maybe one. Okay, she's being polite and raising her hand because she wanted somebody to answer the question in the positive. But uh, yeah, for the most part, guess what? Somebody made this ball. Okay, yes. Jesus, you are, you are getting ahead of the sermon, but you know the answer already. I am so proud of you. Okay, well, it's very obvious that somebody made that ball. Now, there's another ball that uh, is out there, and it's the ball that we live on. It's planet Earth, okay? Uh, my question to you, did, did this ball just get there all by itself, or did somebody make it? Somebody made it. You know what? There's a lot of people in the world who think that this ball got there all by itself. Is that funny or what? Of course it didn't get there all by itself. Who made it? Jesus. Jesus, that's right. God made the world, the earth that we live on. And you know what? It's a little bit bigger ball than that ball right there, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know, do you know, 
It, it is a lot bigger. That's right. Do you know how much this ball that we live on weighs? A million thousand pounds? 600,000 million pounds. 100 million thousand pounds. You know what the experts tell us? The scientists? 10,000 buildings. Yeah, probably so. You know what uh, the scientists say? How much the, the earth weighs? Six sex, sextillion tons. You, have you ever seen the number six sextillion? No. That is the number. That's the number six with 24 zeros after it. That, that is a lot of weight. It's more than Pastor Bill. Yeah, way more. Now, about this ball that weighs that much weight. You know what? It is suspended in our universe. It's suspended in our galaxy all by itself. It's not, it's not held up there in the universe or the galaxy by a string. It just floats around all by itself. And you know what? It is, let's say this is the sun. This earth is revolving around. You know how long it takes, how many miles it takes to go around the sun in one full year? Any guess? 165? 365 miles? Yeah, I think it's a few more miles than that. Yeah, do you know? It takes one year, that's right, to go all the way around the sun. Well, I've got, I've got the number right here because I forgot. It, it travels around the sun for 600 million miles. That's how far it travels. That's a long ways. And we live on this planet, and no wonder we're all so so tired all the time, because we're traveling all those miles. You know how fast the world is revolving around the sun? Over 600 million miles? 67,000 miles per hour. We are traveling right now, guys, 67,000 miles per hour. And not only are we traveling around the sun that fast, but we're also spinning kind of like that, okay? And you know how fast we're spinning? Uh, oh, you want the ball? You can have the ball. You can hold the ball. Thank you, Franklin. Lincoln, Lincoln, yes. Okay, you know how fast we spin? A thousand a thousand miles per hour. How many feel dizzy right now? Anybody feel dizzy? No. You know, we don't even feel it, do we? No. God has created this big ball in our galaxy and it is traveling so fast and it's spinning 
and we don't even feel it. You know what? The ocean, the ocean doesn't slosh out. It stays all where it belongs. What's that? <laughs> okay, you're doing a really good job, Lincoln, of holding that ball. Thank you. So, so that's amazing. And you said God created this planet. And you are absolutely right. The Bible says that Jesus created everything. Okay, there's a verse I want to show you. It's in Galatians or Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 uh, and 16. This is what it says. The Son is the image of the invisible God. That's speaking about Jesus. The firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Jesus made it, yeah, Jesus made it all. He is the creator. Okay, now some people kind of get confused when they look at verse 15. Let's go back to verse 15. Can we go back to verse 15? The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Some people, people look at that verse and they think that... Jesus was was born. Was Jesus born? Yes, he was born. He was a baby, and that's why we're celebrating Christmas, aren't we? But not only was Jesus born a baby, but Isaiah chapter uh, 9 verse 6 says that a, a baby will be born and a son will be given. Yes, Jesus was born a baby. But Jesus was also the son of God. And that means that Jesus was in the beginning with God. Jesus has always been there. And the Bible says that uh, Jesus created all things. So when it says uh, the firstborn over all creation, that's not chronological order. That's talking about Jesus is supreme over all creation. How many know King David? Okay. King David, you know how many siblings, brothers, King David had? How many, Preston? Twelve. Twelve? No, that's wrong. Little less. Do you know? Ten. Ten? Little less. He had eight. He had eight brothers. Okay. And uh, he was the youngest of all the brothers. But the Bible says in in Psalms chapter 89 verse 27 that Jesus that God appointed David the firstborn of kings. He was the youngest brother, but God appointed David the firstborn of all the kings. And so that's what Paul is talking about with Jesus. Jesus is the firstborn. He is preeminent. 
I'm starting to lose them, church. So pray for me. I almost brought this next object lesson. Uh, there was a card I wanted to play, and it was the puppy card, okay? Because I knew the puppy card would keep their attention. But uh, we have a new family member at our house. His name is Gage. Do we have a picture of Gage up there, John? There's there's little Gage. He joined our family on Wednesday. He is eight weeks old, and he's lots of fun. You know what? My children think that Gage is going to replace them, okay? That he's going to become my firstborn, that he's going to become preeminent on over all the other children. And you know what? That's not going to happen. Only if they misbehave will he become preeminent. But, uh, but yeah, God created little Gage. Now, um, let's talk about today. Well, what's tomorrow going to be? Christmas. What does Christmas mean? Jesus is born. Jesus' birthday. Now, my question to you is, why did Jesus come to our earth? To, to forgive us of our sin? Yeah. What else? Why did Jesus come to our earth? Oh, you know what? Let me keep the ball over here because we don't want to, we don't want to fight over the ball, okay? Let's, let's, let's focus, let's focus. Why else did Jesus come to the earth? Come on the cross to save us from our sin. You're absolutely right. And also, Jesus came to show us who God is. There's a verse that I'm, we, we want to look at today, and it's in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. I think that's at the very top of the outline. John, can you bring that? John, or Matthew chapter 1. Look what the Bible says. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus came into our world to save us from our sin and to also show us who God is. Because, you know, in the Old Testament... When we read about God, he was kind of scary. Um, God was represented by fire. Uh, God was represented by thunder. Nobody could see God. Um, when Moses went up on uh, Mount Sinai to spend time with God, um, the Bible says that there was thunder and lightning and that just symbolized the presence of God and nobody could touch that mountain while while Moses was up there. When Moses came down off the mountain, the Bible says that Moses' face shined, radiated, glowed because he had been in the presence of God and so he had to put a veil over his face because his uh, his face was blinding to the people and they couldn't really see Moses very clearly. That's how 
holy and awesome God was in the Old Testament. But Jesus, Jesus came in the New Testament to show us who God is. Okay? Now, when Jesus came, everybody was really surprised how he came. Because the Bible says in Daniel chapter 9, verse 13, that he was going to come as a reigning king to rule forevermore. Well, that's the way he is going to come, but he's going to come that way the second time. He's coming back again. But the first time he came, he came to forgive us of our sin. And he was to be born a baby. And that's not how people were looking for him. And so when Jesus was born a baby, everybody was surprised. Because that's not how they expected God to come. Okay? Now, do you guys like babies? Yeah. yeah. No. Are they, are they, no? Are they kind of scary? No. No, they're not scary. They're too cute. They're too cute. Yeah. Well, I, I think they're, you know what those babies sometimes get to be scary for me when I have to change them. Because I don't want to deal with their diapers. And so I like to give them back to their mommies and daddies and let them change them. But yeah, the Bible says that Jesus came as a baby. Why do you think Jesus came as a baby? Why? I mean, he could have come as a grown-up per- person. He could have already shown up as a grown-up person. But he came as a baby. And the Bible says he humbled himself and became one of us. And he humbled himself so much that he had to have a mommy and daddy take care of him. And yet this baby was still very, very powerful. Let's go back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. I want you to look at that verse. The last... Okay. And, okay. Colossians 1, 17. This is baby Jesus. I want you to think of baby Jesus lying in a manger. Okay. And this is what Paul says about baby Jesus. He is before all things... And in him, all things hold together. You know who keeps this world spinning in our galaxy? Jesus does. The Bible says that he holds all things together. And even when Jesus was in that manger... Jesus was still fully in control. He was holding it all. Now, I have a question, and it's not just for you this morning, but it is for everybody. If Jesus was able to hold everything together, even in the manger, 
Why do you feel, mom and dad, as if your world is falling apart? He's holding everything together for you as well. He's not just a baby. The Bible says that he is God with us. He holds it all together and we can trust him. Now, let me have a a question for you. Why do you think Jesus came as a baby? Why? Yeah, he did, but he did that as an adult, didn't he? But he started as a baby. Why Why did God start as a baby? You know what? He wants you to know that he knows what you're going through. Does anything ever sad happen in your life? Have you ever lost a goldfish before? A goldfish die? Or a hamster? All the fish fish that you've had died? Yeah, that happens, doesn't it? You know, or maybe another pet has has passed away. Or anybody ever had a friend move away that you were really close to and they had to move away with their parents somewhere else? You had a friend that had to go to a different school and that made you sad? Yeah. There's a lot of things that happen that are sad in our life. Anybody ever have anybody ever have a balloon fly away that they really liked? Or a pop. Or a, a what? Or a balloon pop. Or a balloon pop, yeah. Those are sad things. You know what? Shh, listen. Jesus grew up and he experienced all the things that you go through. And when something sad happens in our life, Jesus understands. You know, we always just kind of think of Jesus as a big grown adult and he just understands what adults go through. You know what? He understands what children go through too. Because he was there himself. And this is what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4. About how caring and how loving Jesus is. The Bible says, this high priest of ours, that's talking about Jesus, understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. And look at this next part. And we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Is your mom or dad or your grandma and grandpa there to help you when you're having a hard time? Yeah. And we're very thankful for them, aren't we? But you know who else is there? Jesus. Jesus. And how do we know that Jesus is there? Why? How do you know? He is always with us and he will never leave us. That's right. Because the Bible says so. And it's even in Jesus' name. 
I'm going to give you this earth ball so you can hold that ball, okay? <laughs> Listen, the angel said you are going to name this baby Emmanuel. God with us. Some people have a really hard time believing that Jesus is God. And, you know, we try to point out a lot of different verses in the Bible about the fact that Jesus is God and that Jesus said that he and, and, the, and the Father are one. But we don't have to go any further in knowing that Jesus is God than looking at his name. His name is Emmanuel. He is God with us. Now, tonight, I want you to come back, okay, at 5 o'clock for our candlelight service because we're going to talk more about his name and what it means that God is with us. But you need to remember that when you're going through a, a sad or a hard time, yep, mommy or daddy, uh, grandma and grandpa might be there for you to help, but who else is there? is Jesus. And we can know that he's going to help us when we need it most. All right? Hey, thank you for listening so well. I think we have a little treat for you guys as you go back to your your mommy and daddy's uh, place where they're sitting, okay? So see, see Miss Susan over here, and she's going to give you a little treat as you go back to your, to your parents. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. Mom and Dad, thank you. <laughs> Grandma and Grandpa, he's got it all under control. And if he could keep it all under control, even as a little baby, He's got it under control in your life as well. He is there for you. And you need to approach him with confidence that he is going to help you when you need it most. Why is it that we turn to him at last resort? He wants us to come to him first. He is supreme. He is firstborn. He is preeminent. He is God. And God is with you. But not only is, is his name Emmanuel, but his name is Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 says. And his name is Jesus because he is going to save us from our sins. And that is the greatest gift. And so my question to you this morning is, have, have you received Jesus as your Lord 
and personal Savior. You don't have that promise. Hebrews chapter 4, that promise isn't made available to you until you first have a relationship with Him and believe that He died for you. And when you confess your sin and believe that Jesus took the punishment that you deserve, that you believe that Jesus came out of that grave three days later, he conquered sin and death. If you believe these things, the Bible says you will be saved. That's what Christmas is all about. Don't miss Christmas. God is good. God wants to be your heavenly father and he wants to call you his son. May you receive that most important gift this Christmas season. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for Christmas. And it is so easy to miss, Lord. We get caught up in the, in the shopping and the lights and the food and family. And we get stressed out. We get tired. We get dizzy from all that life wants to do to us and distract us. But the message of Christmas is Jesus. He's going to save us from our sin. And his name is Emmanuel He is God with us. My friend, if you're here this morning and you're without Christ, today can be the day of your salvation. Today can be the greatest Christmas ever in your life. But you've got to believe. You're not here by accident. You're not here by random selection. No, there's a God who knew you before the foundations of the earth. He knew your name. He loved you before you were ever born. And he created you to have a relationship with you. That you might be with him forever and ever. But the Bible says you've got to believe Jesus. That Jesus came for you. He died for you. He paid the price that you and I deserve to be paid. He took it upon himself. Do you believe that? back to life three days later tell him God come into my heart be my Lord be my Savior be my Emmanuel I need you God he will be there for you he hears that prayer this morning if you're sincere about that heart cry to him. The Bible says you're no longer just his creation.
his child now. Merry Christmas. Father, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for all that Jesus did for us. Thank you for being with us here this morning. Encourage, encourage hearts, Lord. For some, Christmas is hard. For some, this is the first Christmas without their loved one for many, many years. And it took all the energy that they could muster this morning, Father, to come to church. Thank you for reminding them and us that your name is Emmanuel. God help them. You know every story. You know every person. Jesus, you are the great I am. Be what they need for you to be at this Christmas season. opportunity to worship and express our gratitude. God, you are our good, good Father. We love you. Thank you for loving us. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to sing a song of invitation, Good, Good Father. Father.